podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sip your way through the end of summer with Panera's Unlimited Sip Club. For only $10.99 a month plus tax, you'll get access to endless Panera drinks like refreshing charged lemonades, hot and iced coffees, green tea, iced tea, and fountain beverages. Join on the Panera app today and you'll get one month free. Panera has the perfect sips to pair with your go-to meals for breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Join Unlimited Sip Club today on the Panera app for one month free. Restrictions apply. Visit PaneraBread.com slash Unlimited Sip Club for details. Send off summer with Panera's Unlimited Sip Club. You'll get endless charged lemonades, coffees, teas, and fountain beverages. The best part? It's only $10.99 a month plus tax. Sign up today on the Panera app and get your first month free. Restrictions apply. Visit PaneraBread.com slash Unlimited Sip Club for details. I'm Sam Jackson. My name is Derek Amos. I'm Kalia Davis, and you're watching the Sons of UCF Live. And you're watching the Sons of UCF Live. You're watching the Sons of UCF. You're watching the Sons of UCF Live. I'm Dylan Gabriel, and you're watching the Sons of UCF. Miss you, DG. Hello, Night Nation. I'm Trace Rocco. Welcome to the Sons of UCF Live. Bye, bye, bye week. Bring on the midshipmen. We have the in-depth preview tonight. We are answering your questions. Let us welcome in the sons of UCF, Adam and Mike. They, uh, you know, they look like a couple of the village people getting ready to remake in the Navy. I'm more of a macho man myself. Uh, I like that one better. Yeah, well, that uh, that makes sense. Gentlemen, how are you this evening? We are well, Trace. Happy uh, National Podcast Day to everybody out there who listens to all of our drivel uh, across all of our platforms. We appreciate you. I like Sunday, and now it's podcasting. I like the fan that said, "Is there any podcast that's like twenty minutes?" And I'm like, "Nah, not well, any of the Suns podcasts." <laughs> if you listen to it five days out the week, it is. <laughs> yeah. There you go. That's oh, ten days. That's good stuff. <laughs> well, we had the bye week, guys. UCF two and one off that Louisville loss. They traveled to zero and three Navy. Uh, UCF, depending on the line you look at, fifteen and a half, sixteen and a half point favorites. The game is at uh, 3.30 on Saturday on the CBS Sports Network. What are you feeling about this one? Going to be the debut of freshman Mikey Keene, a quarterback for the Knights. Yeah, definitely excited to see what Mikey Keene can bring. I think it's interesting. Uh, Mike and I talked about this on the show this week. For for a team starting a true freshman quarterback and losing their, their all-world starter, fans don't seem really... Um, I guess concerned. It feels like a, a kind of a quiet sense of calm about Mikey Keene. So curious to see what he can bring to the table. But I think this game is won around Mikey Keene. Running game, defensive line, offensive line. That's where this game is won at. So I think Mikey can stay with it himself and hopefully play a balanced game. But uh, definitely a lot, of, a lot of calm. So I'm curious to see if uh, if Mikey Keene definitely gives off those, you know, those those KZ type vibes as, as people say. You know, let, let's see what that looks like on the field. Yeah, if there's anything to be nervous about, it's not having all the guys back from injuries. I don't know who's coming back this week. We haven't really been told anything. Bowser doesn't sound like he's going to be back. Matt Lee does sound like he's going to be back. But we've got a lot of guys banged up the week before. I'm curious to see who's out there on the field Saturday. Yeah, Gus Malzahn, it is Wednesday, uh, Monday, media availability rather, indicated we might see Matt Lee. I'll tell you, after leaving that media availability, second week in a row, I passed Isaiah Bowser uh, around the football stadium. And he didn't look any different than he did a week before. His knee in the brace, walking with a limp. I would suggest to you that we're not going to see Isaiah Bowser on Saturday. And against a Navy team, you know how they play, the cut blocking and all of that. You just wonder, UCF's got the better talent. Uh, Do they want to rush anybody back? You don't want to lose any of these guys for a longer period of time. And you give them some time to heal. Well, we have the precedent, right? Matt Lee did not play against Louisville, who I would argue is probably a more stout opponent uh, than the Navy would be. And, and we held Matt Lee out uh, with an ankle injury. So my assumption would be that uh, Gus and the training staff are, are, are more on the conservative side. And so if there's guys who are in that 49, 51% sort of ratio, that seems like we're erring on the side of caution, which means probably no Bowser. Jalen Robinson, I don't know. I saw that he had an Instagram post with praying hands. I don't know if we should be praying for him. He's praying for us. I don't really know what that means. Uh, We haven't heard anything about Ricky Barber. That's the one that probably concerns me the most because obviously we need as many big bodies up front as we can have. Nothing really on Ricky Barber. I think that's the one that I'm most interested about to see, you know, what he what uh, what what he can bring if he can play at all. And obviously, Tatum Bethune. You would think two weeks after concussion protocol, he'd be okay. But again, we we can't afford to lose um, large men who play up front. 
Yeah, the, all the defensive guys. Corey Thornton, too, coming off a concussion. We need them all. And as soon as one guy goes out, then we start losing that depth. So, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you guys are having your own private conversation over here. They don't have text messages or phones in the. Uh, I'm just Nelson glad that's not for one of us. That's all I'm saying, Mike. <laughs> that's brother sister. Uh, that's yes, the connotation yes. there. Yes. Knights releasing the uniform combo for Saturday. The black knight had logo on the white helmet, the white jerseys, the black pants. You know, the knights will look good. Of course, how do they play? Uh, it is a different style. Coach Malzahn said on Monday that, you know, it, not too many uh, teams still using the triple option. And he talked about what it's going to take to defend it. They, they hold the balls, what they do. They do a good job of keeping the other offense off the field. And I know in the first half they did a very good job of that against Houston. And then, you know, they went for it on fourth down a lot too. So you got to have good fourth down defense. And then strategically, you know, from an offensive standpoint, we just got to see how the game goes, you know, with everything that goes with it. But that's what they challenge you. I mean, they, they are a little bit un. Uh, conventional compared to this day and time. And I think that gives them an advantage in a lot of ways. And, you know, just trying to, you know, keep the offense off the field. And we got to do a good job of, of not letting that happen. You know, against Houston, I believe they were three of 15 on third down, as he mentioned, as coach mentioned, better on fourth down. Knights, not very good on third down against Louisville. And the way Navy controls the clock with that triple option and, and just run, 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 you want to get them off the field. You, you want to limit their possessions or you're going to find that your possessions are limited if you're UCF. Yeah, I think that's that's the challenge with Navy. I, obviously, the running game is is one thing and, and dealing with a, a new style of offense. But as an as an offense ourselves, you're going to have limited opportunities. So you have to make you know the most of those opportunities when you have them. You have to, to be able to finish drives and score. That third down conversion, two for 10 against Louisville, is not going to cut it against Navy. A, I don't know that we're going to get 10 possessions per se, right? But but if, if we can't convert those, that's going to be a challenge. So while the defense has to be stout, I think offensive execution has to be has to be good. We have to finish drives. We have to put points on the board, even if it means Obarski. Even if we oh have boy. to trot out a kicker. I don't know. Even oh if boy. I know everybody brace yourself, we may <laughs> actually have to try to kick her out, but taking three points against Navy um, is actually maybe a good thing overall. So let's see if Gus rolls out a kicker, but we've got to finish drives against Navy because we may not have that many. Time of possession is a stat we have not cared about for the last, I don't know, five years, right? Since George O'Leary. It's a big stat in this game. We got to keep their offense off the field. We have a long drives ourselves. And if we get up big on these guys, that's exactly where we need to be. Get up two scores. They're not a team that can come back from big down, being down big. So we get up 14 nothing, and then keep the ball away from them. We'll be okay. Yeah. I mean, they're averaging 10 points a game through three games. They're giving up 33-plus points per game. Mike, you hit it right there. If UCF can get up a couple of scores. And, you know, we saw in 2017 – and in subsequent years, you know you're going to get a tough physical game with Navy, right? So, uh, you know, they're also going to pop a couple of deep passes. Can't fall asleep. It was Nick Patty, former UCF quarterback on the program last week, that describes that triple option as being like Novocaine. It just sort of dulls you after a while. And, and then they strike. They throw the ball deep. But they're only going to throw five, six passes a game. But you don't want to get caught sleeping and give them a big gainer. Yeah, that, that'll be an interesting part about it is, is, again, you have to play discipline for every single play. The, the one time a guy says, hey, I've got an idea. I'm going to I'm going to try to cut up field on this one. And that's when when Navy, you know, can 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 hurt you. So can you play discipline every single play? Can you make sure that you're in the right spot? Because, look, these guys are freak athletes. They, they watch a lot of tape. I'm sure they have a lot of confidence in themselves. They may see a crease and go, hey, I can get there. I can make this play. And before you know it, we're chasing a guy into the end zone. So can you stay disciplined every single solitary play um, and not give up any ground or make any mistake? Because that's what Navy wants. I think that'll be the key to all of this um, is, is how well we can be disciplined on uh, on the defensive side. Yeah, you can't just let them go get wide open, beat you by 20 yards. If you're beat on a play and you have to grab the guy, just grab the guy, take the 15-yard penalty, <laughs> dare them to do it again, right? But don't let them blow past you 40 yards wide open. So UCF is uh, very limiting in their media availabilities. Uh, typically on Sunday nights at 7, you get uh, defensive coordinator T. Will, not this past Sunday, so there's never been any conversation with him uh, about the Louisville game. And then Coach Malzahn, uh, you know, you see him on Mondays and a couple of players. But it was Navy, really. They had availability all week long. Mike, I see we've lost Adam, and he's he's the guy that fires up the sound bite. So we're going to have to talk around him. 
There is Adam back. Welcome back, Adam. We were just talking about media availabilities with Navy's personnel, and I had opportunity, and we've lost him again. As I get ready to go to a soundbite, Mike, I cannot play the soundbites. Adam in control of the soundbite. So we're going to wait for him. We're going to skip to the big question that I asked on Twitter at SignPez this week. Question, I don't know how you vote on this. What concerns you most, Mike, UCF defense or the UCF offense in this game against Navy? I voted for defense just based on what we're going to see with Navy, something we haven't seen all year. Obviously, the running quarterbacks give us trouble. We haven't seen a team run the option on us. That was, the, to me, the obvious vote. I still think we have enough weapons on offense to get to move the ball and put points on the board. Even though we have a quarterback we've never seen play before, uh, I still feel that confidence everybody else feels with Mikey Keene. 65% of respondents said they were most concerned with defense. Adam, what we were talking about is the media availabilities with Navy's personnel. I had opportunity in about a 30-minute session along with other media members to talk with Navy head coach Ken Niamatololo, and I asked him what it would be like for Navy to face a true freshman quarterback in Mikey Keene. It was just what you said. You don't have very many looks. We'd imagine that, I don't know, that you're not going to change your scheme too much. Maybe, you know, they they feature more plays than others. You know what I mean? So that's that's always the um, a tricky part. You don't you know when you don't have much film on guys, but you kind of watch what they do, try to see what they do schematically. Uh, but there obviously you have to do a lot of adjusting in the game to try to see what he does, what his strengths are. Um, but I'm sure Coach Mazan and his staff will play to his strengths, whatever they are. But when you don't have much tape on guys, you you don't really know. Um, you know we. I guess it's for us, it's, you know, good because, you know, he's not playing because we recognize how good Dylan was. You know, I also, you know, actually know his dad. His dad and I played together at the University of Hawaii. So, you know, I'm really good friends with his father. So you hate for the kid that he's hurt, you know what I mean? Because he's a phenomenal football player and, you know, speedy recovery for him, but not hopefully not against us. But I just don't. I just. I, I don't know because, like I said, we got a lot of tape on Dylan, and, and try to watch the, the plays that the new quarterbacks in, and and you know you try to do your best from there. But you also don't know it, they've also had a, a bye too, so you don't you know all the stuff that they're doing or what they're going to implement and or what they're going to emphasize and accentuate in their game plan. Very philosophical, the coach. Was that Navy. the entire? Was that the entire press conference? <laughs> No, that was just okay. the answer to like my, no, like my, my one question. But I like that bite that he drops in the nugget uh, about having played with Dylan Gabriel's dad and knowing the Gabriel family. Uh, a little chuckle out of Coach when I followed up asking him on how Navy's offensive line matches up against the UCF defense, which, as we know, through the first two games was particularly stout against the run, struggled a bit against Louisville's dual-threat quarterback, but I thought his answer was uh, humorous. Normally don't match up with too many people. Uh, that's where we run the option. You know what I mean? And so we just we're just gonna have to do the best we can. You know, again, that's why we run this offense because guys are normally bigger. And, and just like last week, I mean, Houston was way bigger than us. Um, and UCF has a lot of good football players. Just watching how big they are and you know how athletic they were and how they ran around. Um, it, it's scary. You know what I mean? Uh, but you know, all we can do is what we can do. We're going to run our offense, but it's going to be tough moving the ball against them. Pretty clear what their offense is going to look like, right? And it's now going to be up to UCF's defense to stop that running attack. And I think that's why so many people are concerned. You feel that there's enough talent on offense and high hopes for Mikey Keene in this one, but you just don't know after some of the tackling you've seen through the first three games, it's going to be a relentless pounding on the UCF defense. Well, let's, let's actually go to the offense for a second, Trace. I think he made an interesting point, is that Navy doesn't know what to expect in Mikey Keene. And to be fair, we don't really either, right? We saw him in the spring game. We saw him for, what, four of seven against uh, against Bethune. So Navy's going in kind of blind to what his strengths are. Will Gus modify the offense? Is he a, a more of a runner than, than Dylan Gabriel? You know, will the offense change? So perhaps there's a bit of a, a schematic advantage in that, you know, we know what Mikey's strengths are, and it's not really known yet on tape. But obviously, you know, the, the defensive side of the ball and, and winning the line of scrimmage, this is no spoiler alert. You win the line of scrimmage, you, you win most games. And that's probably more evident than, than anything when you play Navy. If you win those line of scrimmages, you, know, you probably have a really good shot to, to come out with a win. 
It's going to be interesting to see, to see how they attack Mikey. Are they going to blitz him a lot? They're going to try to flush him out of the pocket. I don't know if that's going to be in their best interest. And uh, it's going to be a huge deal for the offensive line to pick up these blitzes, the running backs to pick up the blitzes. And does Mikey Keene have the ability to audible out of these plays? How much freedom is Gus giving him going into these plays? I don't know. It's yet to be seen. Quarterback on the other side of the ball was made available to the media, Navy's quarterback Xavier Arlene, and he talked about what he feels it's going to be like to face UCF's defense. Very fast, very athletic, uh, very athletic guys, um, very aggressive to the football. Um, so, you know, so far just athletic team, but, you know, just about every team we play, you know, in our conference is athletic. So, you know, we're going to have a good game plan. I know the coaches will get us, you know, you know, uh, a good game plan for this week. Uh, we just got to go out and execute it. Well, let's get to know the midshipmen a little bit more. And we welcome in our guest this evening, Mike James. He's the publisher of The Mid Report. You can find him on Twitter at Navy Bird Dog. Mike, thanks for stopping in on the Sons of UCF live show tonight. Hey, thank you for having me. 0-3 Navy. What has been the struggle averaging just 10 points per game through the first three? Yeah, you know, that's that's kind of the million-dollar question. Um, I mean, the bottom line is that Navy is an option team that hasn't been running the option very well. Um, and when you do that, all phases of the game kind of fall apart. It's, I mean, obviously you got to score points, but the offense has always been the um, really the, the team's best defense over the last 15, 20 years. So there's, you know, a lot of discussion as to why the team doesn't run the option very well or hasn't so far. Um, opinions are mixed. I tend to think that, um, they've kind of tried to do a little bit too much with the offense. And if you look at the, who the team is now, you have two sophomore quarterbacks that are duking it out for the, the starting job. And you have an offensive line that, you know, by number of returning starts is the second least experienced offensive line in the country. This year probably wasn't the time to be branching out on the offense. They really needed to kind of get back to basics. And I think starting with Houston and coming out of the bye week and playing the Cougars, they did that a little bit. And I thought you saw um, a little bit of, of improvement um, the last week. So we'll see how much they can improve over the course of the season. But for Navy to have any chance against anyone, they just have to be able to run the ball better. Yeah, let's talk about that Houston game for a second, Mike. Uh, so uh, going to the third quarter, end of the third, Navy's up 17-14, uh, ends up losing 28-20. So two-part for you. What was working well that got them the lead? And what do you think kind of transpired that, that ended up uh, kind of costing them the game in the end there? Well, there were a couple things um, on both sides of the ball. Defensively, Navy really, um, they played, and it's very against the overall philosophy for Brian Newberry, the defensive coordinator. But to, to start the game, they really played a lot of bend but don't break. Um, they felt that they dropped into coverage, forced uh, Clayton Toon to kind of pick his, his spots a little bit, um, that uh, that Houston would be wouldn't really want to they wouldn't be patient enough to, to, to pick, pick the defense uh, apart. They wouldn't be patient enough to run the ball. And for the first half, they, they really weren't. Um, in the, the last two meetings against Houston, Navy had been burned by the deep ball pretty badly. So their focus going into this game was to keep that from happening. Um, into the second half, Houston was, you know, was able to dink and dunk a little bit more kind of, kind of, um, you know, pick up six, seven yards of time on a pass and got a little more patient and they were able to drive the field a little bit better. Um, and that's what, what kind of led to um, maybe trying to bring a little bit more pressure. And then you saw some big plays over the top at, at that point. So um, defensively, that was the issue in the, in the first half, they were able to put together a, a few drives, but the first three drives of the second half were two, three and outs and a fumble. Um, you do that, you're going to lose to pretty much anyone. At the beginning of last season, Navy was having a really hard time with the tackling. I know there was no contact preseason. Has that improved at all this year? Yeah, that I mean, that's not at least defensively. That's that's not hasn't been a problem. Um, there's a little bit of issue with offense. You kind of hope that some of the the offenses issues would have been solved as well. But um, coming out and getting blown out by Marshall and and losing to Air Force, um, it, it was frighteningly similar to last year and some of these problems that we hope were, were solved um, just weren't. Um, I think we're starting to turn a corner a little bit. If you look at, at Navy um, at just based on what we saw last week, but there's, I mean, obviously they got a long way to go. 
With UCF quarterback Dylan Gabriel injured out for this one, UCF will debut true freshman quarterback Mikey Keene in the starter's role. And I asked Coach Kenny Matololo about facing him. And, you know, you don't have much tape. He was four of seven in one game this season. And he said, yeah, we don't have a whole lot to go on. How do you think they defense against uh, a true freshman quarterback in Mikey Keene? Well, I think whether when you're facing UCF or in any Gus Malzahn offense, um, regardless of who the quarterback is, um, you have to focus on stopping the run first. You know, UCF average averages 250 yards a game so far this year. That's what Gus Malzahn likes to do. Now, you touched on this a little bit uh, before I came on, but um, in some of Malzahn's past offenses at Auburn, you know, they had running quarterbacks. You know, you had Cam Newton. Um, so – Will Keene be more of a runner? I don't know. Um, but I think before they they do anything, they're going to be focused on on stopping the run first and and if if necessary, forcing Keene to to beat him with his arm. Let's talk about um, Coach Ken Nimatololo. He's a, obviously a, a guy that is well-respected in the coaching industry. Gus Malzahn specifically in his press conference called out how well-respected he is. I know he's had opportunities to, to, to maybe flirt at other jobs, but he's obviously stayed at Navy. What has he meant to Navy, and, and what do you see as his, kind of his long-term future there with the midshipmen? It's hard to put into perspective how much Coach Nimatololo is has has meant to the Naval Academy. Uh, if you go back to, you know, 1980, you know, at, at the number of winning seasons that have happened at the Naval Academy since 1980, only the Navy has only had one winning season without Ken Niamatololo on the sideline, either as an assistant or a head coach. Um, he knows what it takes to win at the school. Um, and he's really just kind of a perfect pairing of just uh, – uh, just as a, as a human being um, and as a football coach that you would want at an institution like Navy. Um, but saying that he is on a bit of a hot seat here. Um, you know, you, 2019 was a great season for Navy, but if you look at 2018, you look at 2020, you look at this year, these have been some, some, some difficult seasons. I think he's the guy to, to turn it around. Actually, I have every confidence in him, but it's, at some point it's going to need to happen. Um, I would hate for any – I would hate for Coach Lolo to leave the school under anything other than his own terms. So it's it, – it, you know, it's – you know, it's a big season for him this year, and he's got, you know, the, you know, the rest of the way out. It's a, it's a tough schedule that, the, that Navy has, but um, it's – you know, there's there's some pressure to turn it around. Getting back to the guys on the offense, do you guys feature a bell cow running back? Is it running back by committee? How many guys you mix in there that we expect to see on Saturday? Oh gosh, you're gonna, <laughs> on. It, it's a triple option team, so you'll see guys. Um, you know, everything starts with the quarterback, obviously, and then um, you'll have you'll see a couple different fullbacks rotating in and out. In and out, you'll have uh, James Harris and Isaac Ruas will both. Um, both get most of the carries at, at the fullback position and then the slot backs, the two, two guys on the, on the wings um, the, that's, that's usually a constant, constant stream of, of guys rotating in and, in and out of, of the game. So you'll see a lot of different ball carriers um, at, you know, at, at any play. Sometimes they, they, they'll design a play or two for, for guys, certain guys to touch the ball, but triple option. I mean, the kind of the nature of the option is that, no one knows who's going to get the ball at the snap. Um, they'll, you know, it depends on what the defense does. So um, you, you never know who's going to, who's going to be touching it. I want to go back to coaching. Just a couple of weeks ago, the offensive coordinator was fired, brought back some drama there. What can you tell us about that situation and how it unfolded? Yeah, it was, it was a pretty, you know, it was a pretty, it was a, it's a low point um, in the last decade or so of, of Navy football. Um, he had a situation where the athletic director basically went behind the the head coach's back to to fire an assistant. Um, it's it's a completely perplexing move to me um, because I mean if you're an AD, what you know what's what's your 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 play there? Because if you are making on field decisions like if you're if you're the AD saying that the offense isn't good enough and you need to make some changes, well if you're changing the offensive coordinator then whatever happens in the offense is just as much on you as it is the head coach. If you're taking that decision out of the coach's hands and making it yours, well, then what happens on the field is your, is, you know, it's, 
on your hands too. So it, none of it made any sense. It was a, it was a, a very ugly situation. Fortunately in the end, cooler heads prevailed. Um, it, you know, it's coach Jasper, you know, Ivan Jasper as a, a quarterback's coach has been every bit as, as part of the, the team's successes is coach Niamatololo. Um, he's a tremendous quarterback coach. And especially if you have two sophomore quarterbacks, even if there was going to be a change at the end of the year, you don't want to take their coach away and ruin their development for the rest of this season. You know, you got to keep them around. It was just a bizarre situation. And, and fortunately for everyone involved, it, uh, it was resolved in, in the end with a little bit of common sense. All right, there's a handful of UCF fans who are making their way up there this uh, Saturday for the game. So for those people who haven't been there, give me some highlights of the game day experience up there in Annapolis. What are some of the some of the treats? What are some of the, the high points of, of being up there for a game? Oh, gosh. Um, Annapolis is actually is a very underrated game day experience. Um, people talk about pageantry and whatnot, but until you actually see it and experience it, it, what's, it's funny, you know, I went to school there. Um, I lived in the area, grew up around the area. So I went to a lot of games and for me, it was just kind of normal. But if I bring a friend to a game and they see it for the first time, their, you know, their eyes get, get really wide. They just can't believe how, how interesting it is. Um, the stadium itself is, is pretty interesting. Uh, when it was renovated back in 2003, 2004, um, they did a good job highlighting the memorial aspects of it. So you just take a walk or, or lap around the stadium. There are um, different memorial plaques and, and displays um, that you can look at for uh, for naval service. Um, there's a, a flyby before the game. There's the march on of the midshipmen, which is always um, really interesting, especially for a, a first-time visitor, just to see the entire brigade march onto the field. Um, so there's a lot of pomp. There's a lot of pageantry. It's, it's a lot of fun and, and everyone who goes seems to enjoy it. And then after the game, you get to go cruise downtown Annapolis, which is a whole different kind of fun. <laughs> How's the fan base reacted so far this season? Obviously not a lot of winning football going on. Are the crowds still full? Do you expect a packed house this Saturday? Well, the crowds have been full, but part of that is because you have the season opener, which everyone's going to turn up for because there's a lot of optimism. And then the second game was Air Force, and then everyone always shows up for the Air Force game. So, so far, the crowd has been full. Um, we'll see if that, that continues. Right now, the, the, the school has been put a big push on for ticket sales because, like everyone else, after 2020, there's, you know, they need the money. You know, they need people to show up um, to the stadium. So, I think that the crowds will, it'll be, be a pretty good crowd. You know, what's kind of funny is that before Paul Johnson and Kenny and Matalolo came, you know, back in the, the early two thousands and the nineties, if you would listen to like Navy radio ads, they didn't even talk about the game. They talked about tailgating. They talked about the experience. And so you have a, a you know, they maybe played a lot of bad, bad football for a long time. Um, and so there's sort of a, a, a culture around the program in Annapolis that, People are going to show up just to have a good time regardless. Um, another thing about, about the Navy experience is that every week, a different class is having a class reunion that week, and the football game is sort of a centerpiece for that. So there's there's always built-in reasons to go to the game, even beyond football, but it would be nice if, if the football was, was what people were showing up for, too. Saw a question come across the screen from Jan asking, is this homecoming for uh, Navy? Um, you know, I don't even, I don't know. I don't think so. It's a little early in the, in the season for it, but I usually homecoming is, uh, is later in October. Um, but to be honest, I, I'm, I'm not even sure. Yeah. It seems a little bit early. Let us wrap up with this one. Uh, Mike, what has to go right for Navy to come out of this with a W against UCF? For Navy to, to, to win, they have to, to run the ball. I don't want to say control the clock. <laughs> Plus, Malzahn never really cares about time of possession. He'll, 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 you know, Navy can hold the ball for 10 minutes and Gus Malzahn's team will, you know, drive the field in two and call it a day. Um, but you need to see Navy put together some extended drives. Um, the way with a, when an option offense is working, they're virtually guaranteed to get three yards on every play. Um, the play just hits that quickly. Um, but if you're not blocking it, if you're not reading it right, then then you'll get caught behind the line of scrimmage. You get knocked off schedule, and then you have to to pass when the defense is expecting it, and it just doesn't work. 
So Navy needs to be able to stay on schedule. They need to be able to get to second and seven, third and three, be able to pick up those those first downs and just kind of grind grind it out. That way, if they do want to to throw the ball and kind of take their their shots downfield, they'll do it on their terms um, and try to catch the the defense by surprise, as opposed to throwing when the defense is expecting it. Because Navy gives up a lot of sacks, and when that's the the, the situation, so just have to stay on schedule, kind of grind it out, and uh, you know limit the number of possessions in the game. Mike James, publisher of the Mid Report at Navy Bird Dog on Twitter. We thank you for stopping by the Sons of UCF Live tonight. Thank you very much for having me. Thank Thanks you very Mike. much. Mike, everything okay over there? Is there a bit of a ruckus? <laughs> heard, a, heard a dog bark. Uh, just checking in on you. Just want to make sure everything's okay at the UCF Mike household. Don't know. Don't know. I'll get back to you. Gotcha. Uh, well, it seems pretty straightforward, doesn't it? What to expect from this one? Can UCF's defense stop uh, Navy's triple option? And if they can, uh, you know, uh, despite whatever uh, challenges uh, from an injury standpoint, an offensive standpoint, you'd like to think you're going to come out of there with a victory, but you know it's going to be hard fought no matter what. Yeah, I've been saying since uh, since this game got on the schedule, this is this is a T-Will game, right? Can, can T-Will dial up the plan that can slow Navy's running game down? Can he instill the discipline in the defense to, to play that game plan? I think this is, this is a T-Will signature game. We saw Randy Shannon for, for all the first half, second half Randy stuff. You know, he, he did a nice job of playing against Navy. Even Eric Chenander um, slowed Navy down a tad, which – not saying much, by the way. So uh, this is a T-Will game. Can T-Will make the game plan, and can the can the team be disciplined enough to execute? Something Mike James just told us, there's a possibility they give up a lot of sacks, and that's something we haven't done anything of this year. So that'd be nice to see. This is a defensive line game. This is a Kalia Davis game. Hopefully we get Ricky Barber back. But those guys, Cam Good, got to fill in, and that's a big cat game. We got to get after these guys, stop the run. That is the key to the game. So does Big Cat come away with a couple of sacks in this one, Mike? I hope so. I hope so because we need to get this guy on the board. We need to get that everybody on the board. Uh, Trayvon well, we, Morris Brash is back. Let's get him and get him involved too. We dissected this on the pod, Trace. We are uh, 129th out of 130 teams in sacks on the year with our lonely one. And uh, my headline prediction was Big, Big Cat sinks ships. So we definitely need uh, we need the, the line to step up. And a sack or two won't hurt anybody. Maybe the quarterback, but I don't care about that. 3.30, Saturday, CBS Sports Network. A lot of UCF fans already en route have been up there, uh, seeing photos on social media. So it, I was there uh, last time out. It is a tremendous venue for, uh, for watching a football game, and I think fans are going to have a good time, hopefully, come out of there with the first win in conference play, first road win of the season as well. Some more football at this hour. Hey, remember Matty Ice? Been a guest on uh, Sons of UCF programs before. He's back with the Jacksonville Jaguars, back in the NFL, with the Jags kicking tonight at Cincinnati. So good luck, Matty Ice. Maybe he'll stick somewhere because he seems to perform when he is in the NFL and in the pros. Just got to keep him on a roster, right? He has not had a chance to attempt a field goal. It's still 0-0. Jags-Bengals throughout the record book. I've got the Bengals in my suicide pool, so <laughs> good luck to Matty Ice. Hope he doesn't be- beat me with the field goals away. I've got the Bengals in mine as well. Um, <laughs> linebacker Eric Gilliard, a semifinalist for the William Campbell Trophy, college football's premier scholar-athlete. What I liked about this, Mike, I forget what the number it is, but the semifinalists, they're down to 156 or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's a very long list. I had to include that here because there's such a long list of semifinalists. I like to pair this with the latest in bowl projections, because these are things that I know you love uh, about the game. Preseason predictions, uh, bowl projections, uh, Action Network, I like to follow them. UCF Pittsburgh in the Fenway Bowl. That's funny how the fortunes change uh, from Fiesta to Fenway. And uh, ESPN has a couple of different projections, North Carolina or Miami in the Military Bowl. I don't know about Miami making any bowl uh, the way they've played. There's disarray there with Manny Diaz in uh, real South Florida. Yeah, I mean, I, I would. welcome any of those ACC teams. We obviously have history with Pittsburgh, uh, North Carolina. We've been trying to play them every year, it seems, and it keeps getting canceled. And, of course, we'd love to see Miami, but I'd love to see them not be eligible for a bowl, too. So, Yeah, I mean, the Pittsburgh game would be a nice revenge game. Plus, at Fenway, that's probably a cool experience. I've never been to Fenway. I think, Mike, you've been to Fenway, right? Yeah, I don't think I want to go in December, to be honest. That's going to be a little too cold. I was there in, like, May. It was, it was fine. 
We got a little baseball though there. You didn't. Uh, plus, it's uh, a football game at a baseball stadium. I know that's a big fan of the Suns of UCF. It's a little weird. I mean, uh, we've been to football games in uh, Tropicana Field, and that's a little different venue. So uh, I, I don't know if I like the, the thought of going to Fenway, especially at that time of year. We are a little over a month away from the start of the college basketball season. Men's and women's basketball out with their schedules today. Men are going to open with Robert Morris on November 10th. They have home games with Florida State and Oklahoma. That's an attractive schedule in addition to the AAC schedule. Road games at Miami. Mike, you might be able to head down for that one. Also at Auburn. I love this statistic. The Knights returning 97% of their points scored, 96% of their minutes played from the 2021 season. Uh, there are a lot of people bullish on the Knights to have a strong year in the AAC. Yeah, I think that's that's interesting, right? Johnny has a good team on paper, but as we know, um, that hasn't translated. Uh, injuries have played a big role in that, so can we stay healthy? Uh, so a couple of nuggets on the schedule. A, that Oklahoma game is the Saturday after the Cows game. So if, you, if you're if you in Orlando, you could catch Cows game on Black Friday, Oklahoma game Saturday, nice little double dip. And I'm, t- I'm telling you all right now, this season will hinge on a six-game stretch in late January, early February, where the Knights go Wichita State, Houston, Cows, Memphis, Wichita State, Houston. That six-game stretch right there will determine whether or not UCF is going to be tournament bound. Split that, man. Split that. Jeez. And we end the season at Tulsa, where we know that's been a possible uh, Tulsa horse, yeah. <laughs> so I don't think the American did us any favors when they came up with this schedule. Um, I, I am excited that they have a couple opportunities maybe to see them. You mentioned the Miami game. It's the same day as the SMU football game, so it's going to have to work out with the times and the starts, start times. But definitely I will be in Sunrise when we play FSU on December 18th. I'm all over that one. Uh, women's hoops also out with their schedule. Coach Abe scheduling aggressively. Duquesne on November 9th. Home games with Arkansas and Tennessee. NCAA Power Tennessee. Road game in Virginia. UCF, the fast fact on this one, enters the 2021-2022 campaign. Entire starting five returning from last season. And you know it was an NCAA tournament team, a talented starting five for the Knights. Yeah, listen, there's a lot to like about both the men's and women's basketball programs this year. I think health is going to be a huge part of it. Uh, you know, can both teams stay healthy? Uh, I think that's going to be a, a big part of this. Obviously, we saw, you know, in the in the tournament, uh, the women's team had had an unfortunate injury that really, I think, kind of set them back down and battles went down. Uh, and so can we stay healthy for a full season, have a full complement of players? Uh, if not, I think that there's some there's some really talented uh, hoops teams uh, in, in uh, playing in the addition financial arena. So let's see if we can uh, move that into the postseason for, for uh, postseason for the first time in a long time. The women have been getting better and better every year. And now that UConn's out of the way, the conference, it's up for grabs. It was between us and the Cows last year. It fell just short. Now this is our time to take over the conference. Yeah, I stand corrected, Mike. You were correct. Uh, the game with Florida State for men's basketball is in Sunrise. I misread that, thought it was a home game. Thanks for pointing that one out uh, for me. Going around the kingdom, uh, about 30 minutes in, and Dallas, uh, UCF women's soccer 0-0 with SMU. Knights 0-2 in AAC play, 5-4 and overall. They had some good non-conference wins. They have struggled off the start in conference play. Don't want to call just the third game in conference play must win, but some pressure on the Knights. They are, uh, you know, some pressure here coming up at Memphis uh, a week from now, but this is the game uh, that they've really got to, uh, to get tonight in Dallas. Men's soccer beats the Cows 3-2 last night over in Tampa. UCF claims the first three points in the war on I-4 rivalry. Uh, they will host Memphis on Sunday. Volleyball wins its first two games. They are strong. They uh, they loaded up in the uh, the non-conference schedule. They are off to a strong start so far. Uh, they've got uh, road games now. Uh, they are at Wichita State and Tulsa. How about this one? Claudia Dillon, she was the Offensive Player of the Week in the AAC. Last week, she was the Defensive Player of the Week. Pretty versatile uh, for her nights on the road this weekend. And finally, I want to thank Eric for mentioning to me I love this uh, club hockey, not an official NCAA sport, club hockey. They beat the Cows. They've got the Gators Friday and Saturday. Uh, Yeah, horns down. Home game uh, at the RDV Ice Den. I've had opportunity to see them before. If you're looking for some hockey in Central Florida, uh, be sure to check out uh, UCF's club uh, club hockey team. rather. All right, let's open that mailbag. Plenty of your questions, a lot of them centering around uh, quarterback Mikey Keene, all night, uh, that's all with four L's, uh, who is under more pressure to perform in this game 
Magic Mikey starting a quarterback on the road as a true freshman or the defense shoring up against the triple option? Again, in our poll earlier, 65% of respondents said they're most concerned about the defense. I really feel like the offense is going to be able to do enough, but can we stop the ground and pound from the triple option in Navy? Yeah, with respect to this game, uh, Mikey does not need to win the game for UCF. I think You'd hope the, not. <laughs> the, the win comes if we can stop Navy and play uh, sound offense. So I think more pressure on the defense. Really, I think more pressure on everybody around Mikey Keene, particularly if Isaiah Bowser, as you mentioned, Trace, doesn't look like he's trending to play. If we're not with uh, with our number one receiver, Jalen Robinson, you know, the, the players around Mikey Keene have to really be stout. Don't Don't make him have to win the game with his arm or his legs. Let him play with it himself. So I think the pressure hopefully is on everybody but Mikey Keene. Um, and I think particularly the defense, if they step up, I think this could be a good win for UCF. I mean, the kid's making his first start ever. If anything, he's going to be putting pressure on himself. So he just needs to take a deep breath, relax, rely on the other guys like Adam's saying. You know, uh, Mike, you mentioned on the pod earlier this week that you thought I'd uh, ask the right question of Coach Malzahn. I did channel you a little bit about asking about the road start versus the home start and you know, I thought Coach Malzahn's answer, I thought, well, maybe I, I, I fumbled the question a little bit, and then I listened back to it. I, I still think that there, there are some good things about him being in this environment on the road versus the pressure leading up uh, to uh, a raucous crowd in the bounce house. I think so, too. Um, it takes a little bit of pressure. I'm trying to do a little too much at home, I think, sometimes. And then the crowd, if, if we go, he goes out there at home in the first couple of drives and nothing happens, the crowd starts getting a little antsy, it can work against you. So I, I kind of like being on the road here in this spot. At the SOTG, Kyle with a question, is Matt Lee coming back at center? The best possible news other than, of course, if we had gotten Dylan Gabriel back. I think it is very important. And, you know, Coach Malzahn doesn't want to talk about injuries, but he mentioned Matt Lee on Monday. Yeah, I mean, I think obviously the having your, your starting center um, coming back is important, but how much work have Matt Lee and Mikey Keene had together? I think that's what's interesting about it. Um, yeah. You know, so that that we don't know. Uh, and to be fair to Cole Schneider, he played a heck of a game stepping in his first collegiate start, playing every snap at center. Uh, I might argue that perhaps Ricky Barber would be more important for this particular game. I think we may be able to slide one more game if, if maybe Matt Lee wasn't ready to go. But obviously, look, having a, a center like Matt Lee, uh, who was at a conference All-American, uh, obviously has done a great job. No sacks given up this year. Uh, you, you wonder about the rapport with him and Mikey Keene. So having him back is definitely not a bad thing for this game, uh, particularly maybe Ricky Barber, but it's hard to argue Matt Lee. I'm hoping Gus is just holding back on all of us. He knows a couple of these guys are going to play. He just doesn't want to say anything. There's no reason for him to say, yeah, this guy is coming back. So hopefully he's just holding that back for now. We see a full complement of guys out there. Fun question from Matt Knight underscore Merchant. What's a better, better nickname for Mikey Keene? Keen Kong, Mikey Keene Gun Kelly, Hot Tub Time Mikey Keene, or Mikey Lob Ultra? Or... Do you have something else? Yeah, let's go with this. First of all, um, Mikey Keen Gun Kelly. I assume that's a reference <laughs> to Machine Gun Kelly, who was by far out kicked his coverage, by the way, if you guys are seeing pictures of his girlfriend. Um, I think Mikey Lob Ultra. I think uh, JP Gilbert's trying to get MK Ultra in there. So maybe that's a, a, an offshoot. I'm going to go with mine. I'm still going Mikey Clean with a K. Mikey so Mikey, Mikey Clean is, is mine uh, for my nickname. No, I think it's an obvious... King Kong. And every time he throws a touchdown, he starts pounding his chest. That has NIL or NLI, whatever it is, all written all over. He can make some big bucks on King Kong. I, I like that one. My sense is that even if he doesn't do that Saturday, you will be doing it at uh, yes. the, the Brass Tap or whatever watering hole you're at. That's, that's my new Mikey King touchdown yeah. celebration. Ah! What, what, what was the old one? I haven't had a Mikey Keen celebration. <laughs> oh, you said the new one. I thought there was a new one. Okay. Yeah, well, whatever. At the CMAZ14, do we start to see more use of the tight end with Keen at quarterback? How uh, many catches? Uh, it's not trending well for your preseason predictions. Yeah, so we talked about this on the pod. We spun the wheel of issues, and tight end production was one of the issues. So the answer to this is uh, maybe, but you got to wonder, and this is you know, no disrespect to our tight ends, does Gus have trust in the tight ends? Obviously, you know, we've seen Jake Hescock with a couple of unfortunate drops, a couple of unfortunate penalties. Uh, Alec Holler has probably been the better receiving tight end. So do we have trust in the tight ends? For those of you who are at the spring game, you saw Mikey Keene and Charlie Browder seem to have a pretty good connection. So does that, does that combo get rolled out? 
so I, I hope so. I think so for a young quarterback to have somebody who's six foot seven, just standing in the middle of the field seems like a really good idea, but does Gus have trust in any of those guys? I, obviously at this point, it, you'd be hard pressed to say per, perhaps that uh, that's the case. Maybe keeping a couple more tight ends in to block and then sneaking one guy out with Mikey King rolling out. I may see a, a little uptick in the, in the tight end reception department. At Golden Knight underscore the second. With a new quarterback, do you think Navy will be stacking the box and blitzing more to disrupt Mikey Keene, or do they drop more into coverage and exploit his passing inexperience? Is he is he inexperienced in passing? I don't I don't think Navy knows what to expect. So I, I suspect you're I mean get Coach a bit Ken of a... was pretty honest about they don't know, yeah. but I thought you said it well earlier in the show. We don't know either, but I will say I thought when you pointed it out, boy, there has been for this fan base that melts down about a lot of things often. See Nike versus Adidas from just a couple of weeks ago. They have been relatively calm. There is a lot of trust in Mikey Keene going into this game. Yeah, I suspect early on Navy goes kind of base defense, something you know pretty simplistic, just to kind of see where the game flow goes and understand what they have within Mikey King. Because I don't think they know, right? If they all of a sudden send the blitz and he turns into the next Patrick Mahomes, they're going to look silly, right? But if they have 19 guys back and all of a sudden he's slicing them up like Lamar Jackson, they look silly as well. So my suspicion is they go somewhat uh, vanilla early on, somewhat base, try to get a feel for what he does well, and then adjust after that. Because I don't think they know, and, and frankly, neither do we. Yeah, I, this kid looks like he could do it both ways. His feet, his arms, so pick your poison. If I were them, I'd make them make him beat me with his arm because that's one thing he definitely can't prove. Obviously, he's able to run. Everybody's able to run, but he, uh, I'd make not him everybody. beat him with his arm. <laughs> did, you, did you see Ben Roethlisberger this weekend? Not everybody's able to run. Like, well, this guy's half his age. At uh, Brian W. Peterson, our buddy Brian, with uh, Mikey Keene starting his first college game, got him thinking if you were, if you were able to choose which AAC opponent – would you want him to face this week? Might it be Navy uh, or or another opponent? Uh, is it a road game or a home game? I think that's what's interesting about it. I think there's some road atmospheres that uh, ECU comes to mind as a road atmosphere that I don't know how raucous and rowdy is. May give him an opportunity to kind of stretch his wings. Um, I want him nowhere near Tulsa. So to divert the plane anywhere away from the great Oklahoma area. I mean, maybe seems like a good choice. I think it's a, you know, it's a good atmosphere, a good environment. I think being on the road to, to your point, Mike and Trace helps out a lot. So I guess I'll stick with Navy. And I don't know if I'd mind the cows. I feel like a rivalry game, you get a, you get up a little bit more. There's a little bit more junior rivalry. So perhaps the guys around him step up, but I think Navy's probably a pretty good choice. If, uh, if you really had to decide. Yeah, on this year's schedule, if I had to switch, the only other place maybe be at Temple, just because Temple is not that great either, and they don't really fill anybody into that stadium. But I, no, I wouldn't want a rivalry game right away. I wouldn't want the Cows because that's a little too much. It's a little too intense for a first time. I think as best this could be, you've got the road game at Navy. You come back home for ECU before you have to face Cincinnati. I would have hated to go into the Cincinnati week this week with this uncertainty with the injury situation. We can still get a couple of weeks there. I think it's the best back-to-back opponents with the road and the home that you could have. Uh, Robert, at two letters, two words, will the run defense hold up uh, when you know the opponent is going to run the ball most of the time? I guess that's one of the big questions going into this game. We saw what the running backs, or the running game could do, the rush defense could do uh, in the first two games. Was it the versatility of Malik Cunningham, though, the quarterback for Louisville, that made things difficult uh, in that game at Louisville? And you know what you've got here. Bryson Armstrong was one of the folks that came out and spoke with the media on Monday. He's familiar with the triple option at his previous school. So uh, you know what you're getting. Can we stop it? Can we limit it? To me, Trace, this comes down to the three Ds. Depth, discipline, and tackling. <laughs> I don't know how to follow that one. You lost. <laughs> Spe- speaking of discipline, Navy's amongst the nation's leaders. Just I think two point three penalties per game. So they they've had turnover issues. They've had the struggles on third down. UCF has to limit mistakes. We've talked about time of possession in this one, and as we heard from our guest, it doesn't take much to get three yards. Three yards, you know. They put themselves in position to to get first down. So can UCF make those stops early? At it's Bryson Turner facing the triple option offense can sometimes be a mixed bag. Similar here. Does the defense have what it takes to defend against it? Going to be the toughest test for them in in terms of this. But you know that this is what's coming. I thought it was interesting that they have had uh, Parker Navarro running the scout team offense, and Coach Malzahn praised him uh, on Monday during the media availability. The three Ds, Trace. Depth. <laughs> 
Discipline and tackling. We got we got to stop him on first down. That's the key. We put him in third and long, and I think we're in a good spot. At Nightmarish Jay, are we going to see some growth and development from the secondary? They're not, not going to see many balls, <laughs> right? They're going to last week the Navy quarterback I think threw six passes. You're not going to see many. Not this week, unless they're drinking milk and they're going to grow physically. I don't I don't think you're going to see a lot this week. But they're going to take a couple of shots, right? You know they're going to do that, and you can't be asleep. Milk. No, but they're, they're going to come in and help with the tackling, too. They just can't let these receivers out-muscle them on the outside and get these guys some outside shots. And just to be a shout-out. Yeah. I, jo- I joke, Trace, to be fair, but the 2017 Navy game, the biggest play of that game was made by Brandon yeah, Moore, cornerback. So, obviously, you, you, there will be opportunity for these guys to, to help out and run support. I think our guest really answered at Stat Boy Drew's question when he's asking what went wrong with Navy's offense. Uh, you know, I thought he explained – well, that they're trying to do more than they have the personnel to do, and it's just not working. So uh, they had some success. If you're looking for uh, you know a little bit of a preview of what they were doing well, uh, hop on to ESPN Plus and watch the first half of the game at Houston. At underscore poet underscore warlord underscore, do we look talented enough to actually win the AAC this year without Dylan Gabriel? That is an awful lot of pressure uh, to place on uh, – uh, freshman quarterback Mikey Keane. Win, maybe. Contend, definitely. I, I think we can be in that conversation of the two, three, four teams that are in the mix. Uh, so contention, I absolutely think so. Outright win, I think that that's a maybe. Again, we haven't we've seen Mikey Keane throw all seven passes, uh, and so I think that's a tough task. I think contention for sure. I think we can be in that conversation. Yeah, as long as we're in it, that's all you can ask for. And just like even when you are the most talented team, you still need a couple of lucky breaks here and there. Uh, 2017, we still needed a couple of lucky breaks. No matter how good your team is, during the course of the year, you can't just rely on talent. Just football, you, sometimes the football gods just got to come in and help you out too. At S. Morrow, Scott asking, these are two winnable games, meaning at Navy, ECU, the following week and the next two weeks. How much of the depth chart do you think – Gus will expose the conference and fans to before the meet of the AAC schedule. I, you know, back to one of your D's, uh, depth, uh, <laughs> I, think. <laughs> I think we're going to see a lot of guys, uh, rotating in and out, which is not the best thing to say after saying what I said earlier. Anyway. Well, and here's, here's what I would say. What are we, what are we holding back for? Right. Yeah. So if we can win games, if we're if we're saying to ourselves right now, hey, we don't want to show everything so we can surprise Memphis or surprise Cincinnati, then we have problems to begin with. If we're trying to surprise teams, then clearly we're already going in thinking we're not the better team. We have to hide things or trick people. So I, I think Gus throws out what he's got to throw out to win ball games. You you need to win every game in the conference. I don't think you, you don't. You don't play a guy because you're like, Cincinnati won't see it coming. I, I feel like you play the best guys at this point. And if we need to hide guys, then then I think we have bigger problems. Look, if we get up big in this game, we got to get Mikey Keene out of there. There's certain guys you got to get out of there. We're already beat up as it is. We can't afford to have any more major injuries. So that's the key. We got to get up on these guys early. Hopefully by the fourth quarter, we do see a lot of the second string guys. Uh, you mentioned it on the pod at Eric Lopez, Elo. Elo, how concerned are you and Mike? I don't know why Adam's not mentioned in this. The stat boy, Drew, and I are ahead of you and Mike and pick them by four games combined when adding the two of your totals versus the two of us. I, I think, Mike, I think we've got to drop any pretense here of rivalry between us. I think this needs to be team sons of UCF since there seems to be a bit of a challenge from the Banneret crew. And I think we have to do this collectively and stop taking shots at one another. So, yeah, I think you just need to stop taking shots at me as you did on the show earlier this well, that's week. that's easy to say when you're when you're bringing up the rear here on <laughs> the three of us. You were talking a lot. You had a Jane Reed on me, and now all of a sudden, uh, it's uh, crickets coming over. Well, here's I'm here's the problem. I'm scared because I have I have no clue what the hell I'm doing, and somehow I'm in like second or third place. I'm afraid the bottom's going to fall out of this thing pretty quickly. So I'm 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 petrified that at uh, that this is not going to be able to. Uh, to hold up. So I, I don't even know. And are there three Bannerhead guys in this? There's only two, right? Only Elo and, and Drew. There's, we got no Jeff yeah, Sharon. We just, got no Bryson. I don't Turner. know if anyone else is in this, but uh, I don't like Mike hinting at promotion relegation uh, in this pick'em, <laughs> where somehow I'm out. We're not counting my score. You know, that's easy on that. It's team sons of UCF. Let's... I hate to break it to Adam, but nobody knows what the hell they're doing. It's all luck. <laughs> Guess what I did earlier today? I went on their website and I switched half my picks. I had to, I, I was going to switch them all, but I kept the ones that I made the picks on the show. All the other ones I switched just because that's the way the things have been going. Everything I originally thought, you know, 
I did a little George Costanza, just do the opposite. I liked, Adam, when you said on the show earlier this week, uh-oh, Mike and I agree. You're ahead of Mike. You don't want to agree with Mike. It might mean, it might mean <laughs> yeah. a dent in your record. Well, luckily, he changed it, so maybe we'll see which one of us has the <laughs> no, motto No, I kept here. those. I kept those three. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, those three he kept in common. We end with a Missy at UCF. I see. Where is UCF Nugget? The people need to know. MIA for Nugget through the early part of the season. Listen, at the at the tailgate, I was told a little ditty about what's happening with Nugget. I don't know if I can reveal this because it's I'm not just sure between if, us. Just I'm not sure if it's authorized. Um, it's to, off the record to, to, to mention, but if my if my information was correct, I think we've seen the last of this Nugget. Ooh, that's all I can say. <laughs> I remember there being a conversation about Nugget, and I remember who we were having it with. I don't remember what we actually said, so. I don't. I'm not surprised by that. I was in. I was too deep into the potato salad at that time. <laughs> you, you were. You were elbow deep. You were deep, deep into in something. Salad, I'm yes. not sure it was potato salad. <laughs> <laughs> no, I saw the potato salad, Trace. It stood no chance. <laughs> uh, well, we thank you for your questions. A uh, a diverse bunch of questions that we uh, we get from you guys every week. Uh, you went into quite a few different topics on uh, episode 149. It was like uh, whiplash for about 20 minutes of uh, top five lists. Was that, Mike, how much of that had you prepared? I just pictured little sticky notes all over the place with different thoughts, or was that just right, tat, right off the top of your head? <laughs> no, I, uh, I had to think about some of those in advance. Um, yeah, yeah, I know you enjoyed my Celia Cruz songs and the uh, Tom Cruise movies. That's probably the biggest one for debate because he's got a lot of them, actually. Here's what's funny, Trace. I send Mike a rundown. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, sometimes I send it the day before. To be fair, I, the consistency isn't always there. I sent him a rundown that did not include UCF observations simply because there was he nothing does. to observe. <laughs> and we get on the phone and we're ready to record. And he goes, I got observations. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, I guess we can squeeze that in. I assume they were real or I would not have put them in the front part of the show. And then we get there and all of a sudden we get the top five list. But uh, look on a bye week, you gotta have a little fun. Uh, it was, it was good to, to, you know, stretch our legs a little bit and talk about some other stuff. Uh, I, I enjoyed the wheel of issues and talking through the things that people are probably melting down over. Uh, but it was definitely good to get some variety in the show. That's what you're going to get from the Suns. It may be two hours, but you never know what those two hours are going to hold. Well, he did send me the, the rundown, but he sent it to me, I guess, late in the afternoon. I didn't see it until I was already driving home from softball practice about 10 minutes before we started recording. And then I noticed that we had headlines in there. Those I had to make up pretty much on the fly. <laughs> <laughs> but those I had done, I had no observations. So I just let, I let Mike run with the, the, what turned out to be five top five lists. You know, and Mike, I do try to give you as much heads up as I can on our guest. So, you know, I don't just hit you with that on Thursday. You don't know on Monday night. Sometimes I don't know on Monday night when you're recording, but I try and give you enough notice. Zero, zero, halftime, women's soccer in Dallas against SMU. I saw it flash earlier, but I couldn't read it. Adam, what was Elo's comment? Uh, was he taking a shot there? Uh, no, no, there's no friction. It's team. Oh, there's friction. Of, no, there's no friction. <laughs> there's friction. There's friction. Yeah, celebrity boxing match, I think, maybe coming up soon. All right. So East Carolina game coming up in two weeks. All the Suns should be there, right? So you've got another tailgate. What is it? Potato whoa, salad? Is whoa. it cookies? Hey, is hey, it hey, hey, What's Easy on the tailgate trace. No, this is just Mike and I are just. Free beer? Is this the free beer Saturday? <laughs> Mike and I, yes, stop by Trace Trelko's house <laughs> for all the free beer you can handle before the game. Uh, this is just Mike and I, just two UCF fans going to the game. Families will be there as well this time around. I think um, actually my family may actually come into the game this time. Uh, I think Mike's family will actually show up with him this time around. And so it should be a fun, uh, a fun little Saturday uh, early afternoon, evening. The Sons of UCF will be up in the cabana. Stop by, say hello if you want to. Yeah, it is family weekend. I do plan on bringing the wife and the kids for now, let's see how that works out. I don't know what was going on in the kitchen earlier. When that, <laughs> Neither do we, but it was <laughs> But uh, that is the plan. I, not, not too much tailgating this time around. I got stuff to do Saturday morning. We're going to get up there a little late, probably get to campus a little before kickoff. But we will be in the cabana. If you guys know where we are, come find us. You never know who will find you in the cabana. Hey, oh, Libby. And you just, and you Libby's just told them be we're in the game. cabana. So, I mean, it's like you don't know where we are, Mike. You just told them we're in the cabana. It could be the other field We'll be in the command. <laughs> uh, Libby planning to come to this game, uh, so uh, right. hopefully we'll be able to connect uh, with her. I don't know if Nelson's making this. Oh, trip I need a Nelson sighting. Nelson, if you're still listening, 
uh, watching. I don't know why you are, by the way, but um, yeah, I need a Nelson sighting if you're going to be up there. Pacifico's on Mike if Nelson's there. This is true, Mike. Uh, was, so Jaguars with a touchdown. Does that mean we've got a uh, extra point? Is that what uh, has happened there? An it extra is point, seven uh, seven nil. Uh, Jag. Geez. Is it Jaguars or Jaguars? Jaguars. 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 <laughs> I don't know what I said. Uh, what's your final <laughs> score prediction, guys? Uh, 15, 15 and a half, 16 point favorite UCF. What, what have you got final as we close up here? Give me a 28-10. Ooh. Low. Yeah. Give me a 33-3. I think I believe the over-under is like 53. I, I, probably going to go under. Take the under. Uh, 34-9. All right, 34-9. This is the weekend we see Daniel Obarski with a couple of field goals. Listen, to be fair to the kid, I know um, the, the Obarski slander probably starts here. He, he's been consistent. I mean, he's no uh, no uh, kickoffs out of bounds. I'm knocking on wood here. Uh, he's, he's done a nice job on kickoffs. He's, he's done a lot of touchbacks. He hasn't missed an extra point yet. He's, he's been consistent. Yeah. I know. I, I know that the... The Obarski slander starts here, uh, but uh, yeah, I got to tip my hat that I'm not wearing to uh, to Mr. Mr. Obarski. Look, we've talked about it before. Some of the greatest kickers in UCF history didn't weren't always perfect. Uh, our friend Javier Borleggi didn't have a great career, but he hit the biggest kick that we needed him to hit. And maybe Obarski's got that in him somewhere down the road. Maybe a game winner in Cincinnati. That'd be nice. Safe travels and game experience to all the UCF fans up in Annapolis, Maryland. We will have a complete breakdown on the Suns pod dropping earlier in the week, and we'll join you again same time next week on the Suns of UCF Live. For now, I'm Trey Strolko. Go Knights! Charge. 3D's out of Send off summer with Panera's Unlimited Sip Club. You'll get endless charge lemonades, coffees, teas, and fountain beverages. The best part? It's only $10.99 a month plus tax. Sign up today on the Panera app and get your first month free. Restrictions apply. Visit PaneraBread.com slash Unlimited Sip Club for details. This is Claudia's O'Reilly Auto Parts story. I had just moved to a new city and barely even knew where the grocery store was yet. When my car wouldn't start one morning, I didn't know who to ask about local shops. But I remembered a name from back home, O'Reilly Auto Parts. I called, and they pointed me to a great mechanic just down the street. Now, I feel a little more at home. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Sports Social Podcast Network.